0: Hey everybody, I want to welcome you in to part two of our interview with IME of Jade Relics. Make sure you check out his new project, Mandarin. You got to hear the self-titled song, uh, Mandarin, at the end of part one of the interview. Make sure you go back and check out part one if you haven't. And today, we are going to give you another single off of the same project. This one is called Island, so make sure you stay tuned till the end. Once again, IME, formerly of Portland, now of Vermont, hip-hop artist, once of the Sand People, once of the old Minion. Still reps many a folk, many a person, great individual, and I had a lot of fun having this sit down with him, so... Make sure you stay tuned till the end and give that song a listen. Make sure that you support everything that he does. You can find him everywhere at the Jade Relics, uh, at IME Music on Instagram and uh, on Twitter. We want to take this moment to ask you to rate, subscribe and review wherever you are listening. And we're sending our love out to you. Now, here's IME. I watch a lot of sports, right? And as you know, raised on sports, have always been. And one thing I've noticed has bothered me over the last, however many, ten plus years, is the growing military presence, right, at games, mm. right. And it's just yeah. like, just fucking huge now. Like there's just military everywhere. You watch, uh, you watch a game on TV. There's just military advertising. You go to a game. There's military advertising everywhere. Someone pointed it out. It's like, oh, that's. American tax dollars paying for advertisement at these sporting events to try to recruit people. There's this one ad that comes up on, um, it, it came up like right around when one of the Marvel movies came out, but it's like specifically aimed to try to get like kids that are into Marvel to join the army. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's so shady.
1: Which even if there weren't advertisements, I mean, that's just baked into those type of movies in a lot of ways, so...
0: Yeah, and one of the things they would do at certain high schools is they, like you wouldn't you weren't allowed to go outside of the mm-hmm. building during lunch unless you were going out to hang out with the recruiters. That's and impressive. like I remember hearing that story about this dude who went to high school in uh, Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Texas. I don't doubt it. <laughs> All that shit's fucking pretty wild. I don't know. We don't have much resources to do anything good in society except constantly build more prisons and, and expand our m- military. Just fucking
0: prisons, war. And, and then advertise uh, for the military, you know, because mm. we need more military. No. Like I don't understand it. Nothing makes sense. Hi, Kat. Cat <laughs> is here. Um so what do you want to so you're doing Jade Relics now? This is your new project?
1: Yeah. Um Are you still so doing I,
0: are you still doing Woolsey?
1: Yeah. Woolsey is um that's like my self-produced side project, basically. I mean, when I originally started doing Woolsey in, like, 2014, I just knew that I wanted to give, like, a different, you know, I guess alias, but I hated thinking of it in that way. I just wanted to give it a different name and, like, think of it more like a a band or something, like, where it wasn't just... Which which is a weird way of thinking. Like, basically, when I first started Woolsey, I was like, oh, maybe at some point I'll have other musicians, like, working with me and, and um, build off of that. But... um. But I just kind of kept it myself because I'm a, I am ai don't have a lot of friends and I'm a control freak. Um, and so, you know, I did the Wolsey stuff for a few years um, or for more than that. But um, definitely don't intend on stopping that anytime soon. But it, it's just kind of like a, anytime, you know, sometimes I, I'll just do instrumental stuff as Wolsey or sometimes it's um, full songs or whatever. It's just kind of like a, a good place for me to do whatever the fuck I want. And then I have a few different things in the works, um, as like IME, just that, you know, just like where I'm rapping and somebody else is doing production. Um, so I've been doing stuff with my homie Tapeworm and we've released just a few singles over the last year, but we're gonna hopefully release like an EP or something, um, in the next few months. And then Jade Relics is uh a group that started in early 2021 and it's me and this producer rico james who's got just a really good like boom bap chop sample like real he just makes dope like hip-hop beats like but you know the kind of shit that i kind of shit that i was kind of raised on i guess you know what i mean like and um and then it's this other dude elder orange who's also a producer so we all produce um and Elder Orange is a multi-instrumentalist as well. He plays guitar, bass, a bunch of other stuff. He sings, so he's a singer-songwriter. And he does all the um, all the mixing for us currently. But, but we all kind of... The cool thing about the group is we all kind of move around in different roles and stuff. So it's... Um, on the surface, you might think, like, okay, one dude sings, one dude raps, one dude makes beats. Um, but we... We really kind of do it all. Like we all have production on the project, um, and yeah, we're so our debut EP comes out. Um, well, it'll be this Friday, March 25th. So that's going to be just Bandcamp. Uh, the EP is called Mandarin. We're releasing it just on Bandcamp for a couple weeks because we're gonna we have pre-orders for cassettes, uh, limited edition cassettes, T-shirts, and bundles. Um, and then on April 8th, it'll be streaming everywhere. So, but yeah, really, really excited about this project.
0: Are, are Is Elder Orange and, uh... Rico James. Rico James. Are they both from Vermont?
1: Yeah. Um, Elder Orange originally is from Vermont. I, I think, uh, Rico's originally from New York or New Jersey or something. Um, but he's been in Vermont for a while. And, uh, yeah, so we're kind of all over the state. Um, Rico's in Burlington. Uh, Elder kind of splits this time between southern and northeastern vermont i'm in northeastern vermont so it's uh it's been cool i i kind of you know i've lived here since 2017 and um over the years kind of stumbled upon both of those dudes and their music and and was a fan um of both of them and then we decided to try to work on a song together towards the end of 2020 and then um kind of finished that song in 2021 and and that's when the idea of like okay let's just make this a group because um i think we all liked i think we all could tell there was potential there so um it kind of just unfolded really naturally and um definitely was a bright spot in some you know pandemic fucking years and shit but um it's cool like we uh just started working on like these songs where originally like the the first two songs on the not on the pro, it, it like they won't be chronologically the first two songs on the EP, but the first two that we made um, is called "With You," that was the first, and then "Start Over" was the second. And on both of those tracks, really the only thing I'm doing production-wise is like vocal production for myself, um, just real basic, you know. Like, which I mean, that's kind of like that's a debatable term, like you know what I mean. Like, that's not like I recorded myself, sent my vocals, but I was, you know, I kind of knew what I wanted a little bit for it to be. And I would, you know, at that point, I was kind of content, just like, if that was going to be my role in the group, I have, I do my Wolsey thing where I'm producing. And, you know, if I just need to be like a straightforward MC in a, in a group, then that's what I'll do. But um, just like really early into those songs, you know, I could getting the sense that like everybody was really open to just take things in different directions and and um there wasn't like some oh no I'm the beat maker or like oh no this is your role or or whatever everybody was just really open to um to whatever we could do and so well the the next song that we fully fleshed out was a song that actually started with my um with one of my beats and that song is a song that came uh it's called island and we uh Basically, I I made this kind of like synth wave beat that was pretty basic. It it didn't have like a lot going on. There were drums, a little bass line, some like melody parts. It kind of had like, you know, it built to kind of have like a verse sequence and a hook sequence. But it was like, I don't know what people would think of it. And it didn't have a lot going on. And then um, so I sent it to the, the guys and Elder Orange sent it back. He like played like this super like funky bass line on it, added like a bunch of extra melodic elements and stuff and just like turned it into like something that was like, oh damn, like it actually sounds like I know how to produce some kind of like catchy synth wave shit. Like, and then Rico, he took it and he like, he took one of the chords in the song, sampled it and like made this sick boom bat beat just with like a, you know, just a sound from my beat and so we incorporated that so the song's kind of this two-part thing it starts with um it starts with like a, a synth wave part and then it kind of like transitions into this boom bap uh song and so that was kind of like to me that was like when everything sort of opened up and I was like oh shit like I could see the like the potential in all these different directions of like you know we really can do a lot of different stuff like um boom bap is kind of the foundation for our sound um And and Rico is just really good at that sound. Like you know, he just has great drum sounds that he picks. And yeah, but we can really just build over. So like you know, I've I've played synth stuff on a couple different songs. And yeah, like so there's just like there's live instrumentation on tracks. There's singing and rapping and all sorts of stuff. It's it's a it's been a fun fun project, and I'm super stoked to. Put the cp out hopefully that wasn't too long-winded of a response
0: oh hell no what Was this dude just <laughs> rambling and shit i ain't doing <laughs> it no i'm kidding i just got for some reason i had i was looking at the i went to the jade relics page and then uh well i was out i was on your link tree technically and then mm-hmm. i got distracted by uh you have a song is it Sa- satricon satiricon satiricon okay mm-hmm. and this is featuring milk and old grape god i've seen their names uh a bunch lately yeah um my uh, my buddy Thaddeus, do you remember Thaddeus Golden Beats? Yeah, 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 yeah. He he just either he's either working with them or just just worked with them or is going to work with them or, or something. But he showed me their shit.
1: Golden Beats is is the homie. I, um, yes. Yeah. We might have we might have some collaborations in the works, but
0: I may or may not have heard about uh, rumors of these things. So it's just rumors. Just rumors. Uh, I may or may not be uh, in full support of these potential or <laughs> or non potential possibilities.
1: I I did so that's IME times tapeworm or times uh, IME and tapeworm. Mm-hmm. I always I put the X because like you know some it's like IME and tapeworm, but then I say IME times tapeworm and I'm an idiot because I'm like that's not that's not what I meant when I did the X. So IME and tapeworm is just you know tapeworm does the beats. He's a really dope producer. Um, sent me this crazy crazy track and i was like okay i wrote a I wrote a verse to it and i was like i'm just gonna try to send this off to some some dope mcs and since i mentioned like satiricon and all this stuff i knew i wanted to keep it like portland mc based and stuff because for those that don't know satiricon is a um, pretty historical like music venue from portland that's shut down now but um hmm. it's like where uh courtney love met kurt cobain and all okay. that shit like it, it had a um a ton of like rock shows it was originally a like either 18 and up or a 21 and up club and then it like shut down for a couple years then it reopened and was an all-ages club so i've played a few shows there where was it it was in uh kind of like old town area um did you ever go to upper playground downtown yeah. In portland yeah. yeah so it was it was just like a couple blocks from there i think it was on fifth but i can't remember but yeah so it was a uh, just kind of like one of those spots where, I mean, there's been so many venues that have closed in Portland, um, you know, since before I moved away and like, since, since I've moved away since the pandemic and everything, like, it's just feel like Portland is one of those places where it's like, there's so much history that's kind of just being destroyed on a, you know, just from market forces or whatever, you know, um, that it's kind of, kind of crazy. And it, it, and it makes me feel like I'm stoked that I got to play at some of these places. You know what I mean? Like they might not mean shit to anybody now. You know what I mean? Like uh, fucking people are like, cool, you play a show at a venue that doesn't exist, but it's like, you know, for the people that are interested in history or whatever, like for the, for the artists that want to respect their elders and whatnot, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's dope to have played in some, some rooms that some, you know, legendary scenes were kind of taking place in and, and stuff. So
0: yeah, my buddy hit me up, uh he lives down in la but he's playing the viper room i think next month with a with another band and so selena selena and i were talking about the the history of that place and stuff and it's yeah definitely cool when you get to step in a room that so many other people like that
1: yeah i played the viper room back in like 2000 sometime probably around like 2008 or 9 with Sam people and we were on tour in la and stuff and it's crazy that that still exists but i mean it's pretty famous la venue and LA at least like takes its entertainment scene seriously. Like it's <laughs> probably has a better rate of like keeping some of that stuff around, especially if it has some sort of historical significance, just because it's like people just go there because it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas Portland has no real, no real allegiance, I guess to its uh, entertainment
0: scene. I've been flirting with the idea of taking on artist management and oh. uh really good really good artist, really good singer, uh, rapper, uh, producer, you know, all of the above, you know, he's asking me to introduce him to the scene around here. And I was just like, man, like, I, you know, I don't know anyone personally. Um, you know, I think you were the only one in that I had, I knew smoke then smoke left. And then I knew, I know sleep, but sleep's doing, he's a family guy. And I haven't yeah. talked to, I haven't talked to him in years, but not like I could call him or expect him to be like in on the scene and stuff. So. Probably end up, you know, just, just asking Thaddeus, but...
1: He's running his business. He's got a big edibles empire he's building. Oh, shit. You didn't know that? No. I'm out of the loop. Yeah. Sleep and, uh, Sleep and Josh Martinez, they went into um, the legalization game or whatever, you know, the edibles. and um,
0: Well, I want to support I think that's that. what
1: their company focuses on. Um, I think it's like Rose City Confection Confections or something.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. should look into it.
1: Um, I, I don't know what dispensaries they're in or whatever, but I, I mean, they have gotten like write-ups in some some big magazines and stuff, so I think they're doing okay, mm-hmm. which is dope. But yeah, so they're doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as the Portland scene, I don't know. I just follow from afar and try to mm-hmm. stay in the loop. But um, it's you know, it's growing at a rate that is hard to keep up with for sure. So at any given point, you know, you can kind of just figure out whoever's getting the most sort of like press, like, uh, you know, people like Mike capes.
0: Yep. Uh, Selena, just, uh, Selena, my partner just interviewed him for, uh, she's doing this podcast. It's going to be released, I think in May, but it's all about uh, musicians in the Portland music scene affected by COVID in various, yeah. various ways. And so she, she interviewed Mike capes and, uh, Portugal, the man and, uh, this singer songwriter Stephanie Schneiderman and a couple other people, but
1: dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like you know, I mean, there's people that get a lot of um, you know a lot of press and stuff like that, and there's people that are still kind of overlooked, but dropping quality music on the regular. And
0: is there anywhere in town that, or I mean, I know you're not here, but is there there aren't there isn't anywhere to do live music here though? Is there like for port for hip hop? Like, I mean. Even Seattle, I think, is only down to one monthly hip hop show.
1: The things that I've seen recently, I think there's a show tonight that Milk is opening up for, like with the Holocene. So I think the Holocene's still going. I think, like, Doug Fur, you know, if you can get an opening act. I mean, if you can open for a bit, I'm sure some of the big national, like, you know, I assume Roseland and stuff is still a venue. Um,
0: Yeah, Roseland, Star, you know, uh, a lot of theaters
1: there as far as smaller places i know that like um oh well the thesis is like a thing that still goes on and that's at kelly's olympian downtown mm-hmm. Um i just remembered
0: actually thirsty city i think still goes on yeah
1: so like thirsty city and thesis and the thesis are like some monthly you know like and i know that that stuff has taken obviously like a a hit and like had to probably pause for long periods of time because of covid but um But I know, like, the thesis has been getting back into it, and I think Thirsty Mm. City has been. So I'm glad that there's still hip-hop things happening annually because they're, you know, and whatever, whatever, uh, you know, whether it's weekly, monthly, whatever, like, it's it's good that there's some shit like that. That kind of stuff was, you know, very important for the scene when I was getting started and stuff. So there was, like, Thorn City live every week and – where everybody would just freestyle over a live band. There was like the there was like a Monday night at this
0: spot called the Greek Cuisina. Do people freestyle anymore? Is that a thing that that people do? Because I mean, the freestyle now is just, you know, I'm gonna write some bars that are not edited. I guess is is that what the definition of a freestyle is? It's like it's all written. Yeah, but I it's mean, not. the definition
1: There's... has always been murky. But like uh off the top of the Domey
0: dome. <laughs> That's what they say, but, but I mean, it's clearly, you know, backseat no. freestyle, Kendrick Lamar, you know, oh, yeah. a- ASAP Rocky freestyle, you know, all these, you know. Any
1: industry rapper, there's a 99% chance that they're going to mean just a written verse. Um,
0: yeah, and even even the battle rappers in the battle rapper scene, you know. Yeah,
1: battle rap, battle rap freestyle usually means like I thought of this rebuttal in the moment and then I'm going to go into my pre-written. Yep stuff so
0: and if i'm real good i'm going to interweave these these things that i thought of in the moment into my already yeah
1: that's like why somebody like Ilmax has been so good at it because like if somebody says something to him in one round he can like come up with something in the moment and then go into his written stuff and um Mm -hmm. but yeah like no i mean there's uh as far as freestyle mcs like i see tons of people on TikTok and Instagram and shit, doing off yeah. the top of the dome shit. I, uh, I mean, Harry Mack was, like, probably one of the more recent, like, um, kind of built, like, a following around freestyling. Do you know that guy? Uh-uh. Harry Mack? Uh-uh. No. He um he has Portland roots. I think he's from Portland originally. Um, and he, like, uh, there was a group that I forget their name, unfortunately. He's got, like, some connections to, like, homies from – back in the day like there's this dude mighty Misk, who i remember um, that name yeah yeah he's he's a homie he he was friends with harry mack i think like basically dude went to la um for i don't even think like for music or maybe it was for college or something but like um he started doing like little freestyle videos and he built like a following and this was like probably almost like six or seven years ago at this point like it was a while back that i first started seeing him pop up he would just do like you know freestyling in his car or whatever and he was pretty good at it um but then he started doing more more gimmicky stuff started getting not like you know i'm not criticizing just to get his views up like oh i'm gonna go to venice beach and i'm gonna like freestyle for people at the on the boardwalk or you know whatever i don't think that's what is i don't know if they have a boardwalk in venice beach but you know what i mean on the beach um yeah yeah yeah, i got you and so like he was doing that kind of shit and then got like on ellen which is like she has a way of snatching up the gimmicky rappers I don't mean to be mean to Harry Mac, but like she had him on her show and this was probably like four years ago or something and, but he's he's very good at it like he one thing he did that was crazy to me is he, I think on YouTube or, or like Twitch or something like one of these live stream channels where like you have subscribers he like every time you would hit like a subscriber milestone he would do like a Freestyle like thing to like be the ma- like amount of hours, so like he reached like twelve thousand subscribers or something, and like did a twelve hour freestyle. Like he did like a crazy like long like he would do these crazy long marathon freestyles where he would literally just live stream himself freestyling for like ten hours or twelve hours, just like the kind of shit where I'm just like wow that's and like he would do okay. Like I mean his brain would literally be turning to soup by the end of it, but like he would still you know, mostly what he would be doing is like people would be commenting on the stream and he would like take their comments and just like turn it yeah, into yeah, a yeah. rhyme. wasn't yeah. like he was coming up with like original thoughts for 10 hours, but like just to be able to make that rhyme and, and it's some like, capacity. yeah, w-
0: when supernatural, you know, gets people to hold shit up in the air and then he, you know, raps about all the stuff he sees, you know, it's right.
1: Um, juice <laughs> world. Did you ever listen to juice world?
0: I have not yeah
1: he passed away he was like a pretty famous rapper and he um he was young i don't know how young he was he might have been under 20 but he was like so fucking talented and like so on drugs so addicted to drugs like they Mm -hmm. there was a documentary on like hbo recently about him and stuff just like
0: worth it worth a watch
1: yeah it's depressing as fuck though because it's not even like it's not as much of a documentary as much as it's just a camera following him around for um various parts of like probably the last year of his life he was just on drugs like just a ton of he just took a lot of like opioids and stuff like perks and all sorts of shit like that so what happened was he played a show in australia i think and he had a shit ton of drugs on his like he was in a private jet with his like touring team and his girlfriend and and some friends and stuff and the documentary was there in the private jet and everything like it has footage from this night so but i can't recall like the full story but basically like the the pilot was being kind of sketchy and like before takeoff or something and then like There was, I think it was when they landed in the States, like there was cops, like started to like circle their, um, jet. So like, he knew they were about to get like some cops coming on their jet. And he like, I don't know if he panicked or if he just was like, I don't know what his reasoning was in full, but he basically swallowed just like all the opioids that were like on the, you know, I know I'm not like calling them by cool names, but I don't know what the fuck exactly it was. He took it was either like, could have been just a bunch of Percocet or something, but like he just swallowed everything that was there and fucking had like a seizure and died
0: so juice juice world swallowed all of it
1: yeah just like came back from playing like a sold out festival like you know like he just his career was he was a pretty famous artist and shit um
0: i mean that scene is like they joke about it in fucking fucking super troopers you know when he's like eat all the mushrooms and the weed but you don't eat all the fucking pills like no right but like, he no. but he was
1: like when you see the documentary and you see what he was like doing on a Regular basis. I don't know if he just thought he could handle it because he would, he, he was taking so much anyways. Like, yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know if he thought he could handle it. I don't know if he was just like, fuck it. Like, it, you know, I don't, like, it could have been a decision just because he, because he was already so fucked up. Like, but it was, yeah, it's, it's fucking depressing. But that dude could like freestyle for days. Like, I mean, I, he was fucking crazy on drugs. So, like, I don't know what I could do if I took, I know that when I fucking, Used to mess with cocaine sometimes, which was, you know, I never got big into that shit. But, like, I remember it was like, oh, shit. This is, like, brain superpower for, like, being able to freestyle. <laughs> to the to the point where I was, like, I remember having the realization that, like, oh, fuck. Like, now that I know I'm so much better at this on this substance, how am I not going to, like, get addicted to it? But, I, you know, that was fine. Like... Cause that was kind of like a grounding thought of like, this isn't right. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, I fucking did the marathon on all the steroids. Like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. So I've done cocaine once and I was in high school and I had my apartment, you know, that, uh, you know, I had my own apartment in high school. And so like, it was like the party spot and we were going back to my house and my buddy was like, Oh, I forgot. I have to go home. And he like hands, he's like, he walks up to me all serious and hands me this like little tiny, you know, Coke baggie. He's like, here, bro. You know, like, I I can't, I can't take this. You know, like, I can't take this home. I gotta go home. And I was just like, dude, I don't want this. Like, I'm, I'm not into blow. Like, I'm good. And he's like, dude, I just, just take it. I can't, I, I can't take it home. Like, just take it. And I'm like, fine, whatever. So I take it. And then I'm just like, man, super weird. Homie just like, you know, forced this like small bag of coke on me. And I'm telling to my other buddy Scott. And Scott's like, oh, like, oh, we should do it. You know. And so, (laughs) he, he peer pressures me essentially. I'll, I'll blame Scott. I'll just say it's all his fault because you know, sure. Scott will be on this podcast eventually. And, and Scott's funny. And we've talked about this moment a lot, but yeah. Uh, so we go into my apartment, go into the back room, chop up the Coke. And at this point in time, like I had been doing this thing cause we were freestyling all the time, you know, it was the free, mm. free, you know, just getting, getting into rapping and stuff. So I got in a little Tascam microphone, a little handheld fucker. And I would always put it in the circle and record our freestyles and stuff like that. So we did the Coke. We were feeling great. And I remember <laughs> kicking what I thought was the best fucking verse of my life. And it was right. hella dope. And I went back and I listened to it. And I was like, this shit is so bad. And the <laughs> only thing that was different about it was I was just a little bit more like, hey, hey, hey. just like just aggressive and like punctual, right. you know what I mean? But it was, right. it was just hella funny to like go back and listen to an audio recording of like me on cocaine for the only time I've ever done it.
1: Yeah, I'm relatively sure that would be the same experience with me I thought I was crushing every cipher exactly uh, yeah
0: exactly you think you think you're just like oh oh and I mean maybe that's really good for you if you are actually good you know what I mean but for me I wasn't good <laughs> for me the the few
1: times I did coke at parties and then rapping was involved I just couldn't stop it was like I, I just and normally that was like the opposite normally I like I might have a couple good lines and a freestyle and then kind of fall off And then once I've kind of, like, clearly, like, struggled to stay on, I'm just like, okay, it's time to pass this shit. I don't want to do it anymore. And, like, with cocaine, it was just like, no, I need to be, like... Like, I felt like how fucking, you know, those type of people that are just, like, clearly attention-starved, like, which a lot of famous people and a lot of, like, entertainment industry people where it's just like, okay, you need to be the center of attention always. I think that's just, like, natural cocaine. Some people have natural cocaine in their brains. Like, they just need to, like... They can't fucking stop because that's how I felt when I was on it. it. was just like, Oh, I gotta like keep rap like my homies were like, Okay, we left the party, like we're done now. Like shut up, like stop <laughs> rapping. <laughs> and um and then there was one I like so probably the last time I ever did it, I was in my early twenties and I was like at a show and it was like a show with a lot of people. We were playing like in Denver, Colorado, and um we had a good following out there with Sam people and stuff, and and so I did some, I was all hyped up. I was just like, Oh, I'm gonna go kill it came out and started rapping and like my mic was off. Like I just had like my mic, it was like a cordless mic and it was turned off. And so I'm just like, it just like immediately like crushed all that like fake confidence. And I was just like, Oh fuck no. All the momentum. I'm just sloppy and need to like get my shit together, turn this microphone on and start (laughs) just trying to get through the show like normal. Like the magic was immediately lost. It was just like, which is good. Like, you know, like I, uh, I think just having those kind of realizations and just, like, the realization I originally had with it where I was, like, I feel like I'm amazing at freestyling right now, but, like, that all this is doing is giving me a confidence boost and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a good thing. Some people, I think, like, just don't think about it or don't care or they're just, like, well, that that needs to be the way I feel now and, like, that's where the fucking that shit can be super addicting, you know? Yup. But yeah, no, anyways, like in terms of, in terms of freestylers, uh, Juice World was really good, and, but he was also just on so many fucking drugs. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of artists that came up and, you know, got famous and so to speak, and then passed away before I even had a chance to really scope their music. Cause I'm really late to the punch on consuming media. A lot of the time, especially music Yeah. for whatever reason, I have this like, it has to be like presented to me in a certain light otherwise i have like this weird resistance to it uh so a lot of the times i end up not consuming media right away like i didn't listen to nipsey hustle until probably like right like right after he passed away and i was like okay what's the deal with this guy and, yeah. and i was like oh this victory lap album is fucking amazing you know it's, gonna yeah. really, it's a really good project And then I'm like, oh, he's like a really good rapper. Okay. Like, I understand, you know, uh, why everyone has given him so much love. Another artist that was like that was Pop Smoke, which I can't Mm. say that his music resonated as much with me. Yeah. Uh, But that being said, I also haven't done, you know, a thorough deep, you know, thorough dive into his his career. But he pops up, no pun intended, um, on a lot of people's records, you know.
1: I'm the same way. I don't. I don't like consume a lot of music and sh- I was just telling somebody else that like, cause somebody was asking about like some kind of obscure, like early under early two thousands underground shit. And it was an artist that like the name I knew from, um, from a project that I did have and did like, but like I'd never dived into this particular artist. Um, mm-hmm. the artist was Sir Menelik. Um, yeah. 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 He and, was
0: just on the dad bod rap pod. That's probably why his name came up.
1: Yeah. He's fucking dope. Um, but I mean like, you know, I, I had heard him. I'd, he was on like sound bombing too, and I yep. that was one of my fucking favorite projects. And
0: yep, he rapped with Cool Keith too. Uh, I yeah,
1: think. I was like back, back at that time because I got that album probably around when it came out, and that was right when I was starting to get into like super underground shit. You know, releases were were like, um, yeah, I was limited to what I could afford and and what I could find. Yep. you know, so. I don't know, like the, the act of, of discovering music and stuff, it was a lot more difficult. And it was just like, OK, so so when a project like Soundbombing 2 came out and it was kind of on my radar because I was getting into the ruckus stuff and all that. So I bought that album. I was already familiar with like probably 50 percent of the artists on there. I mean, I had Eminem right when Eminem was starting to blow up, but like the, the song had clearly come out before Eminem had gotten famous or else Ruckus wouldn't have been able to afford m You know, so like there was that kind of shit on it and there was stuff that I knew like the the people that like brought me to the project like Pharaoh Monch and and Black Star and all that stuff but like then there were artists who I wasn't as familiar with and but like if I was going to go find try to do a deep dive into their catalog it was just limited to like how much money do I have and how much you know what can I find at the record store and and so then in you know probably by like senior year the the file sharing shit had come out senior year of high school for me
0: yeah that really opened it up for everyone yeah
1: it opened it up and i definitely heard a lot more stuff and and was able to find like more obscure like songs or things that i would never have found on Mm -hmm. on disc or wax or whatever but like but i was trying to explain to this in this other conversation like that i think that my sensibilities have still always kind of remained that like if I have, if I get some music, it's like, I, it's something I'm going to like sit with for a while. Like I kind of have that like attention span of like, I paid some money for this. Even if I like, you know, I mean, I have a streaming subscription. Like I'm, I'm a shitty human, just like the rest of us. Like I've devalued art the same way we all have, but like, you know, I, my mentality and my like attention span is still very much like what's been in my disc changer for the past six months. Like that's like, I'm listening to the same thing and I'll change it out when I get something else I really fucking like. And so I'm, I'm constantly checking things in some capacity on like social media and, and feeds and listening to clips of stuff. And if something like grabs my ear, then I'll go check it out more. But like, there's a ton of shit that I just never have like gotten into. And I think that's okay. Like, I don't think that all of media and all of fucking art needs to be consumed by every single individual some people are super like encyclopedias of shit and they always want to be up on everything and as soon as like file sharing became a thing i knew people that like immediately started like downloading more music than they could ever listen to in their lifetime you know like you always have those homies who like their Mm -hmm. fucking ipod wreck or their itunes has like fucking three years worth of music on it and it's just like how are you
0: i was like that i was the guy that collected everyone's music because like i saw I don't know. I had like this paranoia that I was like, one of of these days all this shit's going to be missing, right? Like we're not going to be able to find it anymore. And it's funny because I have like so many mixtapes and shit that are not on the internet anymore that are like – I have like so much old cage, you know, like a bunch of demos that, you know, like you can't find it anymore, like a bunch of yak balls and stuff from back in the day, a bunch of those like – the early the Jux family or or, or you know Ruckus family or mm-hmm. or things like that. Did you watch that uh, Kanye documentary? It was it was crazy to hear that Kanye could have signed to Ruckus.
1: I mean, I I knew that from back in the day. Like I didn't yeah. know that. That was crazy. Watching that, it made me like definitely remember. I was I was pretty tuned in to like the Kanye shit because mm-hmm. you know I started seeing him pop up more and more as a producer. I didn't know like that he went back as far as like the Harlem world shit because like in eighth grade Mace was my favorite rapper like and that was right when I was starting to get into hip-hop more like you know like that shiny jiggy Hype Williams you know bad boy shit like was dope because it was like not only was it like super catchy and super like ear candy in terms of the beats but then like the rapping was like 90% 90% of it, I had no idea what they were talking about because it was all some street shit, and, like, I was a fucking eighth grader in the suburbs of Portland. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a, like, it was enticing just because there was that mystery of what, what it is, and then it also just sounded really cool. So I, I fucking loved all that shit, but, like, Mace in particular was probably my favorite, and I, I liked that Harlem World album and stuff, but, like, I, I wasn't, like, checking for producers back then, you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah, just, like, yeah. getting the music and listening to it, and then as I got, you know, by the time I was like in high school, then I was getting more and more into that kind of shit, nerding out a lot more. But um, by the time Kanye was starting to get really known as a producer, the, like I, I started definitely seeing his name pop up more and more. Like, I mean, the beats on the blueprint and stuff, like that whole kind of like chipmunk soul sound that was becoming yeah, more yeah. and more piquing my interest. And it was at a point where I was more and more like I was like on the OK Player message boards, not posting, but like lurking and reading and thinking about that kind of stuff more thinking about liner notes and and production credits and all that stuff and like the first time i heard kanye west's voice was like the first time i heard him rapping on anything was on tulip album i think quality like he's on that gorilla monsoon rap track Yep, i, I had that on him. wax I I, like i got that as a single and i think it came out before the album came out I don't know what was on the single. I don't know. I don't know if Get By was on the single. Like the single might have literally just been Gorilla Monsoon rap that I have, but I I still have it, I think. But um, I just remember that being like, okay, like as a rapper, he was getting more embraced by the Ruckus artists than like the Rockefeller artists. You know what I mean? Like all that shit that like Gene Genius talks about in the first episode. Like I remember that not as uh, clearly as an outsider, but like as somebody that was like, paying paying attention to what was going on, like, I I remember, like, okay, this producer is, like, buzzing like crazy, like, and he he wants to be a rapper, like, you know, people had written about him and stuff, so, like, it's so funny, and, like, I had this thought when I was watching that documentary, just the speed at which we've become accustomed to, like, stories and and people's Mm -hmm. stories, artists' stories, like, the narratives and, like, all the shit that were sold... PR didn't used to be a, like, overnight thing. PR used to be a, like, over the course of years thing. You know what I mean? Like, Kanye's story took place in real time over a series of years where it was like, oh, he's becoming more and more of a household name, or not a household name, but, like, a if you're a hip-hop head, you're, you know, like, if you are into Rockefeller or if you're into Ruckus. And I was into both. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I wasn't super big into, like, this all the deep like state property like fucking shit like with with rockefeller like but i like from a casual viewer who like or listener you know that wasn't like street rap wasn't my like forte but it was still entertaining to me like i liked all the rockefeller shit um and i liked the ruckus shit the ruckus shit was a lot more my my speed so like I was watching that story from both angles. You know what I mean? I was, I was, I was seeing the like, kind of like, oh, okay, Rockefeller's got like this producer they clearly value. Ruckus is trying to like kind of champion as a, him as an MC. So I don't know if I knew that Ruckus was like going to sign him or, or whatever, but I feel like that was. Well, they had the opportunity like kicked, to. I yeah, said. I feel like that was kicked around. I feel like.
0: it's crazy that they would have had. I mean, they've folded in 2007, but. Where to think like Kanye, LP, Pharoahe Munch, and Eminem. Right, you know, could have all been on the same. Intelli- well, quality, I mean, but at
1: that know. point, it's like,
0: I mean, that's hip hop, right? You know, LP that's, that's
1: are, are had already jumped ship for Def Jooks by that point too. You know, but, well,
0: yeah, he was he was their their first project, and then he, right, he he realized the Murdoch money, and he didn't, he wasn't into that. You know, yeah,
1: but yeah, no, I mean, it it, it was a, it's a funny thing to like watch that documentary and just realize how like this artist because now it's like kanye oh kanye fucking sneezed at lunch and we all are talking about it like and everybody's talking about it and it happened two hours ago and like like i remember those those early sing- singles and, and stuff like through the wire and all that shit like
0: i was hoping the dilated people's single would come up in the in the thing but you know yeah. this way
1: Probably wasn't a big footnote in his no <laughs> no legacy in dilated, I think Dylit people's called that song but, a
0: curse, uh, essentially, just because they were like, you know, all of their concerts, everyone was like, play this way, you know, play that Kanye song. And they were just like, we want to play all of our other stuff. I can only imagine being sure that so. that artist that has that one big breakthrough. That's you know, that's always getting asked uh, uh, that kind of shit. I remember one time I was playing a show in Bellingham at the Cabin Tavern. And I was like literally like mid-verse. I I think I just finished the verse and I was like letting the beat like play through the hook or something like that. And a guy walked up to me and was like, hey, can you play Blurred Lines? And I was just like, dude, I'm doing a set. Like this is original music, like performing and shit. He was just like, Blurred Lines? If that hasn't happened to you at a show,
1: then you haven't done enough shows yet. Exactly. That's like, that's a... I feel like that's a rite of passage for any, yeah, like yeah. performer is uh-huh. like the... Can the, you play and, some Rihanna? Also, right. Or you're just doing things smarter and you like are actually playing shows where people know you and, and all that. I see some kids like coming up these days that like, you know, in addition to just like all of the blueprints that have already been laid, like they, they have the extra benefit of like being in the more hive mind. Like we're all there's tutorials and information out there more than ever and so like you can be a lot smarter about shit really play to your base and really play to like people that know what's going on but like so many of us have just taken shows places where like we're as confused as the audience, and like, <laughs> then you, yeah, you get that person coming up being like, "Can you play?" And it's like, "No, you have no concept of what's happening." Like, "Do I look like a DJ?" I'm holding a microphone. What are you talking about? Like, are you what cognizant you of
0: out? your surroundings, <laughs> yeah. sir?
1: But that's happened to me at least a number of times. Like, yeah. I think the last time it happened to me it was probably the last tour I was on. I feel like that happened in albuquerque new mexico
0: yeah it, ha- it ha- that's happened to me in bellingham in my hometown multiple times it's happened to me in too many places i don't know i stopped touring so funny. It's you know. such
1: a funny thing it's so fun it, like it, it's as a dj like obviously like people are like oh it's you know so annoying when you get requests and it's like yeah but you're you're a dj you're playing other people's music so i at least understand the concept and it,
0: like, and if your boss just do a um, fucking Rihanna remix, you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude.
1: right. And it, but it's like, for somebody that is clearly not doing a DJ, like, have you heard a song you recognize? like, and what like, just what do you think you walked into? You know what I mean? Like you you hear me rapping, you, like, you think I'm just gonna like, it's so funny. It's just, I love that shit. To me, those kind of moments are just like priceless because they're just so fucking out there. It's just like. What is happening? I should just try to oblige. If that ever, like after not doing shows for a long time because of COVID and all this shit, like, and I had slowed way down before that. So it's really been like a nail in the coffin as far as live shows. But I would like to start doing it again more. Um, Yeah, I I appreciate those kind of fucking things that used to frustrate me because they're just so off the wall. Next time somebody asks, I'm going to do my best to deliver. I was yeah, well, you sure. you just like, "Oh yeah, oh set. yeah, yeah,
0: you just stop the song. You're like, "Okay, let me uh you said you said Umbrella by Rihanna. Okay, let me pull up a karaoke version here on YouTube." Okay. All right, me, play. No, I'm
1: just going to do an a cappella by memory. You just hand
0: him the microphone. You right. just hand him the mi- and just like you're going to sing, right? Yeah. Just karaoke. Uh I ha- I've had uh, it's kind of like that. I've had I I feel like the hip-hop version of something like this that happens all the time is when MCs are coming up to the stage and asking if they can freestyle during your set. Right. And you're like I'm performing. I came from out of town, but dog I'd love. Yeah. I'm a freestyle dog.
1: I've never actually had that happen.
0: You've never had that happen. Dude. That's happened to me so many fucking times.
1: I've been to a lot of shows where like artists will be like, all right, now we're going to end the set with people coming up and freestyling, which is a nice way of giving that, time and space what i have seen a million times is just people rapping during show like to their yeah, friends yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. like like if i'm standing like if i'm part of a bill or something and it's not you know somebody else is performing i'm waiting for my turn or i've already gone or whatever and i'm just in the audience and it's just like i'll go out into the parking lot or something and there's just like a cipher going on and it's just, it's just like you motherfuckers could do that anywhere but like there's a show happening here like but i get it like it's just it's just the shit, you know, people fucking.
0: I played this show in Boise once and there was there's a good amount of people there and 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 I got, you know, put on the bill to play last. And so by the time that I got on stage, there was no one in the fucking place. And these two dudes just kept asking me to rap. And finally I was like, fine. I handed the microphone and just left. And I was just <laughs> like, just, I'm going to go smoke some weed. You guys can finish my set. I'll get paid.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it's. It's annoying to some degree, but at the same time, I get, like, it's just people that, you know, they don't have, like, they're not putting it, maybe they're not putting it, like, the connection of, like, okay, this this can be a thing that happens elsewhere, and they're just like, oh, I'm in, I'm here, this thing is happening, like, this is the scene that I want, and I, I get to do it, like, and it's just like, okay, like, you're not you're too excited you're over eager you need to calm down uh
0: mcs are just notoriously over eager and mixed with you know sometimes blatant selfish selfishness sometimes just like little bits of you know overzealousness but like take that over anxiousness uh you know and then it's just like dude no one wants to hear you rap that much i mean i remember we were When I used to have parties when I lived with DJ Einstein in Bellingham. And there was this kid, fucking Josie. Josie was his name. And Josie was one of those kids that, like, you never invited him to your party, but somehow he would show up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just like there were a couple of those locals in Bellingham. And this kid would just get blackout drunk and no one liked him and stuff like that. And all of a sudden he showed up at my party. I don't know how he, you know, who invited him there. It didn't matter, you know, but we were all having a freestyle circle in my room. And he kept interrupting people. And, like, interrupting, like, good MCs in, like, the middle of, like, a good verse. And then he'd, like, take it and then just, like, flounder, you know, two bars in. And, like, after the third time, I just, like, lit into him. Just, like, fucking went at him, like, freestyle, though. And I was just like, you're a piece of shit, you know? And and just, like, at the end of my freestyle, I was like, you need to get the fuck out of my house, you know what I mean? And everyone was just like, oh, shit. And he was just like, oh, dude, that was the dopest freestyle ever. And I was like, no, dude, I'm serious. Get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you, you need to leave. But, yeah, the, nothing like the, the over, over, over anxious MC. Kitty. Shit's
1: funny. Yep. No. Well, shit, man, I probably got to get going. But, uh, did, yes, sir. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or anything?
0: Well, it was good catching up.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, for all the listeners out there, you know, like uh, check out check out the new Jade Relics and, and uh, don't be afraid to check out some Vermont hip-hop. Don't don't be afraid to check out some, some Portland and Northwest hip hop. You know, hell yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Can't all just be, can't all just be Drake? Unfortunately. No, it,
0: it can't all be Drake and Kendrick and ASAP. Okay, you know we need other things too. We need it all. Okay, uh, yeah. So everyone, thanks for tuning in to ruining your childhood. Make sure you check out IME. We'll see and Jade Relics, all of the tunes. We got the new Jade Relics coming up here briefly. Jump back, back into the skin, you fall
2: out every time the world attacks. No path, constant misdirection, got your neighbors turned to strangers, masked in danger. Я как Trying to keep in touch The contact trace Whenever touch and fall J-Relics ain't the ones To fuck with y'all Take it how you want Perhaps we harmless Or perhaps you feel warned. Either or Keep form, Read more hey. devoid of any Ordinary Many, never been no more, the merrier type, too excited, little terrier bite, all I see is carriers and barriers from aerial sight, whether that's bird's eye, or drone footage, calm through this, I can see my home from here, in the mode I dug around and neighbors drown and I'd help them out, but all I see is carriers and barriers and burial sights. terrible, right? Working on me, working to breathe. Married to the game of self blame, never flirt with reprieve. Got a side piece of judging others' behaviors, they please in the face of disease. No mask, ass covering, they face when they sneeze. This topic exhausted. Before we think, I'ma make you see the process of sausage made. Something like the slaughter of our hostages. We all in this together wouldn't be an obvious takeaway, but fuck it. Long as you post your obnoxious high takes today. I'll do the same, I'm doing it now. Before social media, have my pet and pen hit the safe for downtown. Share my status then, while others battling for cloud. I search for something deeper, something I still haven't found. Can almost make out its features. Been in the darkness, I'm not moved to this time. Bang the darkness, born in it. When I close my eyes, see it brighter day homies get together, don't have to hide They face, smile away When I get off this island, it's a holiday When I get off this island, it's a holiday I dream of the day, no longer casting away They divide by cast class and face Sickness refrain with us, but it's, it's a passageway. All my people living is one All that is one All my people live in this one All that is one All that is one. All that is one. All is my people live in this one. one. Yeah. All that is, is one.